Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your hosts, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we talk about some of our recent adventures and the value of taking a break. Be sure to always follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. So what's up, Chris? How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling pretty optimistic, I guess. Optimistic. <laughs> wow. We, I mean, we've really been on a roller coaster here lately. With you. Yeah, ups and downs and sideways. Right. There was revolutionary. Then there was overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Now there's optimistic. Tell me about optimistic. Well, I, I was able to get a level this weekend so i moved up to 32 Mm. and as you know getting levels is is more than just getting the experience right you have to craft a vessel Mm -hmm. or have someone craft the vessel for you Mm -hmm. and those materials get harder and harder to come by so i was able to get the level and have the vessel ready to equip and was able to do that this weekend which was nice Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I still have not actually done that. I don't think I've played too many different characters. I just keep changing characters all the time. And I've even <laughs> I've even made a class and then deleted it and re-rolled it as a different race. Yep. Which, so then it's like two alts for the price of one, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I've one alt for that. the price of two, I guess, because the cost is two times. Anyway. But yeah, well, so, you know, we've we've kind of talked about and, and maybe you, maybe you and I are the only ones that find this interesting. So apologies to the audience if so, but this is where we're at. Mm. We've talked a lot about, you know, we we set out when we started the show to not make it just a podcast about our guild or something because that's probably less interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, obviously, the guild and our own play is the lens by which we through which we experience the game. So it's unavoidable to some extent. So we explained how, you know, when we first started, we were brand new. We didn't know anyone. Then slowly the guild developed some some relationships. And when the faction versus faction campaign out, the the alliance kind of went there to kind of try and, and practice some organization. And then in the September dregs, the alliance went there and held a keep for the entire campaign in September. yeah. yeah. Then we get to October, a lot of the population that was in that alliance is at least taking a break, whether or not they're gone permanently, who could know, but they're at least taking a break right now. So we had to kind of find a new alliance, which we did. Mm-hmm. And then a week after that, that alliance decided it was going to merge with another alliance that there were already like some, you know, unofficial non-aggression packs with and that sort of thing. Yeah. So... The last time, I think last week when we were talking, that was just getting ready to happen, but I don't think it had yet. So what's that experience been like changing alliances? I mean, this is really kind of the third version of what, you know, we were in the alliance from the carryover, then the second one, and now this third one. What's that look like? Um, It's been pretty seamless, really. I was just had to be on at a certain time to receive the new invite for the Alliance. I don't know if it's supposed to work like this, but it seems like you have to accept the invite to an Alliance fairly quickly. 
hmm. or it goes away. So maybe that's because you can't just spam guilds with invites or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. But stayed up late one night to receive the invite and got all that squared away. But really, there hasn't been any any real issues with it. It's just been kind of rolling like normal. I mean, we got the keeps with the merge into the other alliance. We have access to two keeps at the Ooh. moment. So that's nice. But, I mean, our, our siege windows are a lot later this time around. So I haven't been as able, active as able to... You know, get on those late at night, but I don't know. I mean, so far everything seems to be running. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I was. I, I think, like I said, I think it's super interesting just to see how that all shakes out, and it's interesting to see that the community is able to handle those shifting alliances. And again, in a game that's, you know, if we were if we were PVE raid guilds, then the changing of stuff is a little easier i would almost think because there's not any they're not enemies right they're just other people <laughs> whereas in this it's like you literally killed me four times yesterday and now i'm on your team potentially right so, um, <laughs> that, that could happen yeah yeah but it sounds like there's not any drama or anything which is good no i mean the several of the guilds that are in the, this alliance we fought with quite a bit last tricks and there was no um, real problems with that. So is there any new player in town or are the the alliances that are at least, you know, the ones holding keeps, are they all pretty familiar? They seem to be familiar um, to me. I mean, there's the, I mean, there's the remnants of the Winter Blades Alliance. And then of course there's a few other fairly big alliances where like, I think fourth now, maybe in the. So are any of the beta and, and I, I'm to be very transparent here. You're not like a, it's not like you work at Artcraft or have access to server data or, nor are you like a journalist that talks to all of the different Crowfall alliances or, or something. So yeah, yeah. I, I preface it because your answer might not be right and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because my point isn't give me a journalistic answer. The point is more just, you know, what are you seeing as a, as a player? But does it seem like there's still a big presence from the the kind of large beta guilds that, that were dominating for the first couple of of campaigns? Like, is it still, I mean, we, you know, we talk about the remnants of Winter Blades. Is Winter Blades still a thing? Is still a force of power or Lords of Death or any of those? Or is it all shifted to newer newer players, I guess. Well, I mean, I honestly haven't done very much PvP. I've been, of the times that I've been out in the dregs, it's mostly to get experience or farm materials. And, hmm. I mean, we've we've ran into other groups, but it's been, like, small-scale stuff. Yeah. As far as the fighting goes. Um, so, yeah, I can't, really, I can't really say too much about that. Yeah. Yeah, I had an I had a conversation with a friend over the this last week who is someone that has played MMOs and played you know Counter Strike and played Rainbow Six Siege, so likes PvP gaming. And he asked me about New World, <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, and 
and I, you know, I, I shared my very brief thoughts on it. Cause the truth is, is I've spent very little time looking up new world. I mean, the most time I've spent with new world is reading PC gamers review of it, which is like six paragraphs or, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's not like I've, so I, I say all that to say, I don't actually know that much about new world, but anyway, so he asked me about that and I was like, no. And, and then I explained Crowfall and he was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And, and so then I, I just explained kind of, you know, on the one hand, I'm not trying to explain like how every single <laughs> mechanic or system works, but at the same time, you want to do it some justice. Right. And and so I found myself explaining Crowfall and I, and I found myself explaining some of the stuff that's weirder, like the way that the discipline system works mm-hmm. in any capacity, whether it be crafting, major and minor, whatever, <laughs> harvesting. I, I just kind of left that as it doesn't work like it does in most other MMOs, right? Like it's it's kind of unique. Yeah. Or, or but I did describe like the level system and how there's like this soft and hard cap thing and and how that's pretty unique, at least as you know from my experience, but really where I ended up putting the most emphasis was just in talking, of course, (laughs) since it's the thing I emphasize week over week Mm -hmm. is the campaigns. And it it was interesting because, you know, you and I talk week over week and we talk sometimes outside of the podcast about the game. And then we certainly obviously talk week over week about the game here on the show. And it can feel, it can feel uh, frankly, and maybe maybe our listeners would, agree it can feel kind of like confusing sometimes or kind of scattered like i feel like i wrestle with what do i think about it right or, <laughs> or what do i think about different systems or whatever yeah and and it's easy you know it's easy like last week when we talked to get wrapped up in like why isn't there a filtering feature in this inventory mm-hmm. why is the ek system so hard to work with right mm-hmm. like but when telling someone new about it, what I found myself doing was, again, talking about campaigns, talking about how everything resets, talking about how even the powerful still have to come in and reobtain gear eventually because they probably can't bring enough to sustain them for the whole campaign, right? Yeah. And when I got done, this person was like, wow, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. That's why we bought it day one and started a podcast and all of this because it is still really interesting. I promise this goes somewhere beyond just that point. So what that then made me also realize was that, so I full transparency, which may be blatantly obvious for, again, for listeners, but I just took about a 10, 10 day, uh, maybe give or take a day or two. I don't know exactly how long, but we'll say a 10 day break from, from playing Crowfall. I just didn't log in at all. Right. Right. And, and it wasn't because I hated it or something. It was just, I just, I just needed, needed the break. Mm -hmm. And then I came back after that and found myself pretty reinvigorated and found myself more excited about it than I had been for at least, you know, a few weeks, you know, at the very least. And, and before coming back, you know, after I told my friend about it, we were out, you know, out of the house together somewhere. And, and then the next day, I, I actually did look up a very short video of someone playing New World just to see exactly what it looks like. I've seen trailers and stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't actually know that I know exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. 
New World is using the a modified version of the Cry Engine. So okay, it's got kind of this like I mean it's probably not fair to call it photorealistic, but it's 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 closer to photorealism I would say than Crowfall is. Yeah, I've seen some screenshots. But I'll be just completely honest, man. Like after seeing it, I I the the thought I had was just like, yeah, I just actually like like what Crowfall has to offer still, you know, like I like its art style. I like its game design. I like that in in new world, you get like three abilities per, per weapon, I think. And you can have like a range and a melee weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And, and otherwise it actually looked a lot more, I don't know, kind of traditional MMO in a lot of ways for new world. And I don't know, it just, it, and again, this isn't to, to crap on new world or, or do a whole compare and contrast thing as much as just to say that like, I really feel like there was good value in taking taking a bit of a break to kind of reset and, and come back. Yeah, I mean, to your point, it's really easy to get caught up in the progression of things and wanting to advance quickly, and then and then it's easy to forget about the fun of it, running around in the world, enjoying the art style. I mean, I was just thinking the other day we were doing some mother loads. And we were getting some higher level materials pretty consistently. But I was noticing the the colors of the materials when you pick them up. Mm. You get the little swirly, colorful lines around your character, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I've always known that's a thing. But I'm sitting here looking at it and not, maybe it's just because we're getting it more consistently, right? And I'm just like, man, I, I really like all of these colors that are just popping out. Right. <laughs> and then there was like a, a season change while we were out and about. And so we got the whole world of the colors shifting as it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Moved into to fall or whatever. It just kind of like flipped over. It was like, hmm. oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah. Huh. Well, so I'm curious, you know, have you, have you, you know, I know you mentioned before that you're not able to make the siege windows because they're just a little bit too late at night. You know, this campaign with the keeps that that our alliance has, Mm -hmm. are you, have you slowed down in your play at all? Or or are you still primarily just playing Crowfall when you have time for games? I've I've taken some some breaks too and slowed down. That's kind of why I wasn't really able to speak too much about the landscape of the dregs, because since we've been able to merge into the alliances, the leadership of of those alliances are pretty much already intact, and they have an idea of what they're trying to do. And I mean, we have active players that are participating in the PvP and the sieges and so on. But for me personally, I've I've kind of slowed down a little bit and uh, tried to get more sleep. <laughs> but uh, but I've also I've also kind of wanted to play some other games too, just because I mean, Crowfall was the only game I played for several months, so it's been nice to kind of play some some other things. But it's helped coming back to it and being able to enjoy it more freshly. Right. Yeah, well, I just think it's something to emphasize. And I mean, Crowfall especially is something where I think it's 
it might be easier than than a lot of games to feel overwhelmed by the amount of things that you could do because you know you look at crafting for example well with cooking and rune making well that's not true rune making that's not fair with cooking as an example i'll say there's not even like a discipline for it right yeah so anyone can cook and even with all of the rest of the crafting disciplines or gathering disciplines even though you can only have you know, two equipped at any given moment, there's no reason you can't hot swap those out. Uh And I think it's easy to feel, and I say this based on my own experience, it's easy to feel like, well, I guess I should be doing all of them, or I guess I should, like, you know, all of these things I could be trying to to achieve. And the time of that is is pretty enormous. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's the intention of the game. I think the intention of the game is that you specialize more and then collaborate with others, right? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the the fastest way is to pick one thing to try and specialize in and then work with a guild or other people to fill in the other gaps. Yeah, well, and you know, I know in my own experience, you know, certainly as far as other people go, the the... the not just because of the the drop off in population, but just and this is true of all games, people come and go, right? Mm-hmm. And so it can be more difficult to rely on people. Like for example, the first two weeks that I played, three weeks that I played, mm-hmm. we had another real life buddy that was playing with us, and so he and I were like mapping out, like, okay, you craft this and I'll craft this, and you gather that and I'll gather this and whatever. Yeah. And then he stopped playing a couple of weeks in, so now all <laughs> that's irrelevant. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then it can feel like, oh man, like, well, now should I change, right? Or should I be doing something different? And then the other side of the coin is that, like, I, at, at this moment in time in my life, and I don't think it's because of an age or maturity or anything like that, I just have a different set of priorities that makes it so that I can't play. I certainly can't play daily. And even when I can, you know, I'm not going to, it's not going to be common that I'm on for four hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. Right? Right. Which 20 hours a week in an MMO is not really that much, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, if you, yeah. if you figure you're like, I used to be when I, you know, didn't have other priorities, mm-hmm. I would play, you know, easily for three or four hours at night after work. And then on the weekends, easily, you know, eight hours each weekend day. Right. Oh, so yeah. easily completely eclipsing that mark. And that's just not, it's just, is it literally possible now? Yes. <laughs> and again, maybe it's some, the reason I position it is at this moment in time, because who knows, maybe two months from now, I shed all my other priorities and, and then I do just mainline crowfall. I, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but as it stands today, that's not possible because of, of what I've chosen to spend my time doing. And again, that's not, that's also not meant as a statement of like what I'm doing is superior or something. I don't think any of that, whatever anyone wants to do with their time is, is awesome for them, but it, it can, with limited time and everything being an option on the table, right? Yeah. Whereas like in, I know I use wow constantly as an example, but like in wow, if you level mining and blacksmithing, 
you could drop either one of those and pick up another profession, but you lose all of the progress you made in whatever one you chose to drop. Right. Uh Uh So it's, it's a lot less common that you would change professions like that, for example, because you're just forfeiting the progress. Whereas in Crowfall, you don't have to forfeit the progress because it's tied to the discipline, not to the character. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like just the other day, I, I needed some more wood for some things in the EK. And so I just equipped my logging discipline. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to go logging for now. And then (laughs) ended up upgrading the belt or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't in my mind that I was going to focus on logging. It was just like, well, I need to go do that. So I'll, I'll do it. And then I can upgrade it. So I guess I'll do that. And I've kind of approached it in that way where it's just whatever seems like what I want to do at the time or maybe what has a benefit at the time for whatever we're trying to accomplish is kind of where I will focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little bit different for me because I'm, I'm the guild leader, so I'm kind of the one constant in the guild you were talking about people coming and going i mean we've weathered probably two or three main necromancers taking breaks or leaving the game which has severely slowed down our vessel crafting but so in that idea it's like well i'm kind of just the backup everything and that has also, of course, slowed my progress because I haven't focused on one thing specifically. But assuming that I could have the crafting disciplines across the board, if someone were to take a break or leave, there would be someone there to like fill in that spot if something needed to be crafted. But I don't know. It's interesting that you could really have everything and you don't necessarily have to do it. I mean, if someone had a purple discipline or legendary discipline that they were able to get, I mean, yeah, you could actually just be a max crafter in that particular skill and not have made anything. Right. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's very true. Which, I mean, we've seen even in some of, with our own guild that, you know, because, even though, as we've just said, you know, people have turned over, there also have been some consistent people or some of the people, new people to the guild are not new to the game, right? So they already have some progress done. Yeah. So then when dregs rewards or things like that have come, we've been able to give crafting professions that are, or gathering disciplines that are, you know, blue or even purple or something to people, yeah. allowing them to yeah bypass some of that grind. Yeah, the the rewards are nice because you can kind of bump people up that may not be focusing on one specific thing. Or, I mean, they might be focusing on a specific thing, but because you have the rewards of other disciplines, you could give them blue discipline and an off skill to kind of just round them out better or fill out the the team. Because they're kind of a smaller guild anyway, and so the rewards seem to go a little bit farther than having a, a big huge guild where a, there's a lot of people to distribute to yeah well i you know i, I think we mentioned this last time but in or, or sometime in the, in the recent past 
interesting to see how the how it feels after this next campaign where the guild that is the alliance leader mm-hmm. is responsible for distributing all of the rewards versus each guild getting their own set of rewards which is how it previously worked yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out i i don't necessarily understand exactly how the scoring will work because it seems like that depending on how the ranks go there could be guilds that end up leaving alliances toward the end either to make a play for like their own rewards or i mean based on the math it could either influence or lower other people's rankings because if guilds were to hop out of alliances then that's like more more guilds uh the group of rewards is going to expand on who gets right i guess what i'm trying to say right yeah that is interesting i mean but but if a guild so if there's uh, just for the sake of math if there's five guilds in an alliance and they're each worth each worth 20 points so the total guild alliance value is 100 points and i get that numbers are not realistic if one guild leaves they're worth 20 points Uh by themselves yeah but now the alliance is only worth 80. correct 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 so now the alliance potentially gets less rewards overall right right and so then if it's like well, if they're in the alliance and maybe there's nine guilds that are going to get paid out, nine alliances that are going to get paid out, and then that one guild hops out, so now there's ten. I mean, with the tiered reward structure, someone that's in the top 10% may drop down to the top 20% or whatever it may be. A lot of math to be done on that. But the fact that it could change right. going into the last week yeah hmm i i don't know i almost i don't know how i feel about that like i almost feel like if you're if so if if i'm a guild and i'm in your alliance and Uh together we play for three weeks and i contribute again we'll just you know whatever amount of points i've contributed Mm -hmm. if i leave ah man i don't know that's tough what i was gonna say is i almost feel like the the points are the alliance's points they're not my points because I don't have those points, arguably, without being in that alliance, right? So it almost seems unfair to like be able to like take your ball back home, <laughs> if you will. Well, I mean, possibly they're the alliance's points. I mean, you could have ran around and captured outposts and forts and stuff on your own. And Well, but if nothing else, you benefited politically from the alliance, because the other four guilds that were or whoever, who, however many were allied with you, didn't, couldn't fight you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess I just, it just seems like, it, it seems like it gives a lot of leverage, potentially, to someone who's like, well, we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's Maybe it's not dumb. Maybe it's more interesting because it gives another angle for, again, political differences to arise, right? And so it gives people something else to <laughs> to grudge over. Yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, as if I was in charge of an alliance and there are guilds in the alliance that wanted to leave to get 
better rewards, I, I don't necessarily think I would be bothered by that. I mean, but what if it diminished your own rewards? Right. It would depend on how it influenced our own ranking, I think. Right. Well, I mean, if they're significant enough to be able to still get rewards if they leave, mm -hmm. then they're probably taking a significant chunk out of the Alliance. Yeah, yeah. Like, if the Alliance is worth a 1,000 points and they're worth 20 and they leave, mm -hmm. then they're not going to get rewards by themselves anyway because they only have 20 points. Right? Yeah. Where the threshold's 1,000. But if, if the threshold's 1,000 and they've got 200 points, maybe now they get something... But now maybe you fall from 4th Alliance to 8th Alliance or whatever. Yeah, without them in there, right. Right, and that's that's also, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know, it's interesting to see. I, 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 I'm, I'm very curious how this all looks, and I know we've said this over and over, but like six months from now, what's this look like? I'll tell you one thing. I, I am not jealous of those who are leading alliances because... I don't want to distribute all those rewards. So, <laughs> I mean, right. it's tough enough to like figure it out who who in the guild could use whatever. It's like dealing with other guilds outside. It's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go down a, a negative tangent here again. People should listen to last week's episode for that. But it's it's again, though, like those are problems that are not they're just UI problems. Mm -hmm. Like if there's a mail system did largely solved. Oh, well, right? yes. Yes. Right. Like if there's a way to just mail stuff to people, you can cut. Now I know what you mean is people also have feelings about what they're entitled to or not. Yeah. That, I was but more getting to the logistically. Yeah. As the logistics, I mean, it, there could be some benefit. I was referring to talking it out with everybody. <laughs> right. But yeah, to kind of give it that positive spin, though, there are improvements being made and it's easy to not see them because if you look in certain places and there's nothing there and then all of a sudden there's a change that is there, it's easy to overlook. And just yesterday I realized you can import items without unlocking characters by going into the vault and clicking on your actual vault items and then there's an import option at the bottom because i'm used to unlocking the characters and putting things on characters and moving them over which is what you kind of had to do when the game first came out mm -hmm. but or maybe that was there the whole time and i completely missed it I, I, was I really say, don't also, know. <laughs> I don't know either, and there is a chance that that option's been there. You know, and again, to some extent, it's like, is it their fault that I don't that I haven't read everything every time? Like, of course not. <laughs> and and what does anyone understand if they don't take the time to learn it? I mean, so this is not a crowfall problem. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's just that there are so many things <laughs> that you have to be like, now how does that work again? Mm -hmm. That that it is easy to miss stuff because you're not just having to look for the easy stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's also other things. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I think I, I definitely, I just wanted to promote the idea that like the game, a 
can feel overwhelming because of the volume of things that you could do. And that, you know, taking a break, and not that someone has to take a break for a week and a half or something or, or whatever amount of time they want to do, but taking a break or just as you've done, like just slowing down and playing something else for a bit. Like, I think it's healthy for the relationship with the game. And uh, people probably, I sh- we should have named this the campaign podcast. Because of the campaigns, like you, I'm not very involved in this campaign at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's highly unlikely that I am in a meaningful way in the next, you know, week and a half or whatever if it's left. But I can be in the next campaign, yeah. right? And start it from the beginning. Like, so it's cool because unlike other games, you're not losing that same sense of progress that you are. Like in WoW, even just in raiding, if you, if you miss time of raiding, you just fall behind in your gear mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it can be difficult to, to, to make that back up. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and minds at Crowfall pod. You can also check out my other podcast, the walk show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests or my other show, pick up your sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley and is all about why gaming matters. As always, thanks for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.